Hello and welcome to the Turned On Podcast. I'm Angelique Nori, and my husband David and I have made it our mission to break the darkness by flipping the switch on the four most important areas of your life in health, relationships, business, and in faith. And sometimes the light in the world and in your life can go dim, either from the intrusion of technology or simply because society is so driven by instant gratification. It's our mission to help people see that we're hardwired for connection and that the best things in life come when we turn on the light to see with new eyes the opportunity that exists just a flip away. So if you're ready to stir your spirit, open your eyes, and profit in all areas of your life, then let's get turned on. Here we go. All right, welcome back to the Turned On Podcast. We are so excited today, as we always are, but we've got a very special guest all the way from the United Kingdom, our good friend, Chengi. Chengi is in Hertfordshire, England. I tried to yeah. say that right before, <laughs> well and I tried to say it with an accent, but we are joining her today through video, and our friend on the other side of the pond is going to tell us her story today. Chengi, tell us yes, about the significant, most impactful, pivotal point in your life. Well, Angie, I wish it was something glamorous, but unfortunately, <laughs> I got my heart broken, mm. which is really significant. We all get our hearts broken, but I had been married for 13 years, got divorced, and still had not had that experience, which is really weird because I'd never actually loved my husband, but that's another story, another podcast. Mm. So I always say to my friends, you know, I've never had my heart broken. And so it was an essential part of God's training for me. So I got my heart broken beautifully and, and, and wonderfully, spectacularly by somebody that I finally sort of uh, opened myself up to because it's something I'd never done before. And that opening and that crushing was what almost God needed to do to bring out the good stuff and to, to cause me to do the work within that had been pending for far too long. It had been sort of covered over by a marriage and covered over by religion and covered over by social expectations. But because of this man who came into my life and completely shattered me um, in the most awful of ways, um, I was able to really sort of introspect and really begin to reform my relationship with God and start over. I like that. And I think, you know, I'm already, I'm already drawing correlations to your story. And I know, I know there's a lot of people out there whose ears just perked up because it's so hard when we get hurt. It's so hard to understand why, you know, people always say, well, there's a silver, yeah. there's gotta be a reason for this, but yeah. if you're in the pain and your heart yeah. is broken. Yeah. There's been times when I couldn't get out of bed. Yes. I met Angelique, when I was a young man, there was a time when, when I had my heart broken and I just, I called in to work sick. I couldn't get out of bed. Mm. You try and distract yourself. Um, yeah. Wake up in the middle of the night or early in the morning and you can't fall back asleep. And yeah. you tell yourself, well, there's a reason for it. There's a reason for it. Yes. And, and I found my reason. God bless, because Angie came along. But tell us a little bit more about, um, about what led to that point and then- what you're doing now because of it, because I think this is the cool part. This is what's going to give people a lot of hope. What led to the point in regards to the journey with this gentleman or the turning point? Yeah. So you said you were married and you weren't really in love and then you met somebody after your divorce. So right. Just give me that point. Give me that, that pain point. I don't want to, I don't want to pry, but of course, tell us what it was like and, and what you were thinking at that moment when your heart was broken. Right. I think my heart was broken a million different ways because I had been raised very much as a young church girl that went to Sunday school, was taught that if you're a really good girl, you do the right things, God is going to bring you a perfect man. And, you know, you stay a virgin and virgins meet princes. And uh, I, I was given the sort of fairy tale story that I feel is given out to the in the church uh, in large volumes, especially for those who are sort of brought up in the church. So, 
I had sort of, you know, you're not allowed to have sex until you're married, which is, of course, right. But, you know, you must marry the first guy you want to have sex with. That kind of messaging was what I had sort of grown up with. So um, I sort of married this man because there were multiple reasons. Um, I did that, you know, I was vulnerable, et cetera, but he was the first man that I thought, well, if I'm going to date you, then I've got to marry you. And, you know, that's the only way we can have legitimate sex. And to be honest, that's not a, a, a unique mindset in a lot of young Christians that are brought up in the church. And so I, um, you know, left eventually the marriage had the worst foundations ever. And so, of course, it couldn't withstand the winds and the storms and the rains that come upon every relationship. Uh, so that ended. And when it did, I was very angry. I was very angry with God. I was angry with the church. I was angry with everybody. I was angry with the whole system. I was just a very angry woman. So I decided that I was going to do it my way. You know what? I've done it God's way. I've done it the church's way. I've done it my mother's way. Uh, so F off God, I'm doing it my way. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> that's, that's really where I was. I was like, I don't even want to hear what you've got to say, Lord. I'm doing this my way. And he's so good because he says, you know what? I lead you through the valley of the shadow of death, you know? And so I needed to go through that bit of self-discovery because until that point, I had always been somebody's ward, my mother's ward, the church's ward, my, my ex-husband's ward. So this time I get to, got to make a decision as, as, as an individual. And so um, I started dating and meeting loads of guys and it really wasn't working out for me because I had zero training. I got married at 19, so it wasn't working out for me. And then I, when I was just about to give up, I meet this amazing guy who ticked every single box. You know what I mean? Um, and I just, the moment he said hello, it was done. Like done. <laughs> I was obviously later to realize that it was to do with pheromones, there's, there's biochemistry, there's a lot more involved. But all I knew was I found somebody that is just incredible. Um, we just, um, and this man literally, um, you know, he was hot and cold on and off. Um, I found myself at the begging end of that relationship and, and stripped of my dignity. I mean, I did things to keep this man happy that I'm embarrassed to tell any living soul, you know, I, I stripped to myself and kept stripping myself because I wanted to, to earn his love and oh his my gosh, respect. You to, I know. I want you to hold your thought <laughs> because my, myself included, and I know so many women and, and men too, like let's include the, the male, you know, gender. Yes. when you get to a point where you, you almost submit to this idolatry of a person say embarrassed, like you, Sometimes, like we've, how many times have we turned our own back on God because turned that person into the be all end all of us? And this is where, again, when we talk about the long four hallways, we can really get tripped up and find ourselves in a very dark place. God is is extracted. God is excluded <laughs> from it. Yeah. And we yeah. start focusing all of our attention hyper hyper focused on the thing and your existence might be now revolving around that yes or it's in business it might be that business that you're so hyper focused on this has to work out this has to be it this has yeah. to be the way if I don't do yeah. this, I have nothing to live for and we end up just pulling God out of the plan 100 percent. I'm sorry I had to interject because like oh I'm yeah so in agreement oh yeah well I'm, I'm glad yeah. you said men too because you know, mm -hmm. before I, the, the girl I, I was dating before I met Angelique, I felt that it was going the wrong way. And I yeah. knew, um, I knew that I would, she was going to strip me of everything, but I was not going to let her strip me like my dignity. Like if I stuck around, yeah. I knew that she would take everything from me <laughs> yeah. and my dignity. And mm -hmm. I was going to hold on to my dignity. I'm feeling, I know there's guys out there that do this too. I'm not just, no. Women, so. Yes, absolutely. Keep this going. Awesome. Yeah. Keep going. Awesome. Sorry. Oh yeah. And and even that is so powerful to be able to hold on to your dignity because I there's so many women like me. I guess that's why there's so many people that resonate with my message who like like Angelique said, is idolatry and we worship at the altar of this person. And this person is not equipped to to receive our worship and our praise. Right. So all they can do is either run away from it or die under the pressure of it um, or abuse it, really. So, you know, I would go to his apartment to have other women's underwear right in my face. I wanted to believe every lie he told me. I wanted to believe it because 
I was now, I had given God the back seat while I'd kicked him out of the door. And now he had to replay, he had to validate me. He had to, you know, and he had to speak to my anger and he, and he was speaking to my, to my narrative, my, my love story, because I then realized when the relationship ended that, um, I, I got into my marriage as a broken person and that brokenness had not been mended. So every person I was meeting was supposed to meet what I call my love story that I was, that, that was passed down to me. Um, and we all have that, have that love story. So he was just part of the piece of the puzzle. Um, and he needed, he, God needed me to be open. I was very closed. I was very much in touch with my pride and nothing could reach me. Even my horrible, abusive, terrible 13 year marriage didn't open me up to him. So God used it to, to get to me and get relationship to me instead of religion and get, um, true love to me. Because, um, in that time I'd always felt like I had earned my right to be loved by Jesus. I gave my heart to him when I was five. I never strayed. I did the right thing. I had a right to be loved. But when I was in this state of rebellion, I'd never felt the love of God so much. And God needed me to know that, you know, it was his love was unconditional and by grace, you know. It's sufficient, right? 100%. I felt his love in my time of rebellion more than I ever did when I was in church previously, worshiping as a worship leader, as a pastor, as all these roles I'd played within the context of the church. I'd never felt this love and he just embraced me with his love. So when this relationship ended, um, I was without, I was empty. I was void of myself. So I went and found the nearest church and I sat in the back of the pews for five weeks and I wept. Been there. Wow. That's what I did. And then, yeah. Been there. And what's interesting, (laughs) the more I think about, as I listen to this and I connect the dots in my own life of times of full surrender, whether it was, you know, from my health or, um, or business, you know, and having lost those, I remember some of the most significant times were in relationship. Finding the, the lost love in God was chasing in a human being. I think, you know, as we're all starting to bond over this story, um, I remember when I was a young man and I, I remember the only thing I could do was pull out the Bible. And I, and that was the first time I really started to read it. And that was the only time I felt comfort it was in that moment where I needed it, where when I didn't know what else to do, I just pulled it out and said, I'm going to start reading. And Proverbs was what I read. Proverbs. Yeah. Was yeah. Now you're talking. Yeah. I want to mention, you know, both of you talked about dignity and then you mentioned pride and rebellion. And, and so I think about what we teach in, in our course and and what I've always, 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 you know, used in my teaching is spiritual muscle. Dignity is one of the muscles that I encourage people to, to exercise. Pride is, would be an antagonist muscle that we, we attend to what's going on, you know, from a cultural standpoint is we exercise more of the anxiousness, the frustration, the fear, the anger, the reason, the pride the gluttonous, you know, behavior, idolatry, whatever. And we start seeing those muscles and we get, we get like, you know, Olympian shaped muscles. Yes. <laughs> yeah. These things that are actually going to tear down our spirit, like heavy, yeah. heavy formed muscles, but our yeah. spirit is completely and totally broken. Absolutely. And spiritual muscles that we're, we're missing, you know, dignity, the love, the trust, the respect, passion, courage, all of the things that you're probably going to hit on here are things that probably brought you to the point that you are now. Yeah. <laughs> I would love for them to hear your story because um, those of you that don't know Chengi, I know that you're going to be dying to know her after you hear this. And um, her, her last name is Tobin. So Chengi Tobin. And uh, she's the best-selling author of um, her latest book, which is Position for I Do and How God Delivers Mr. Right into Your Life when you live with power and purpose. So a great title, by the way. It is yeah, thank you. <laughs> about a hook. Talk about <laughs> front tests. Like I know exactly what I'm getting when I'm picking. Yeah. Oh yeah. Can you just share with us, you know, in and you know, take a turn now of what sure. that relationship taught you and how then you had to decide, like with your relationship with God and you're weeping in the back of that church, what what he did with that. 
because wow. sometimes he can just deliver you from it and then you go on happily ever after and have a marriage and kids and actually turned into an enterprise for you and you're changing Did. lives. So yeah, with us what, what you learned in that. Well, after my weeping session, I surrendered completely and I decided I wouldn't date for three years. Well, I just thought I wouldn't date. It turned out to be three years. <laughs> and in that three years, isn't it? Yes, it really is. And those three years felt like three months because um, they took me on a journey to ask the real questions I'd never asked. Um, the, the questions I never dared to ask my Sunday school teacher or my parents or these were questions um, where I needed to question my relationship with God and start over. So I began to ask those real questions. Lord, how come you didn't reward my faithfulness? Uh, what does it, uh, why couldn't I be happy in a marriage? Um, why, what did I do wrong? I did everything right. I followed the word. I, I you know, I, I needed those questions to be answered. And um, God began with his loving mercy and kindness to begin to answer those questions and begin to bring healing and begin to, to touch the issues and reveal to me um, what had happened to me as a child. Uh, he began to reveal to me why I had even married this man, why I had this narrative uh, why uh, why I was self-sabotaging, why I was attracting this kind of love into my life. Um, and, and he began to, to, I did an autopsy on all my relationships, which is something I ask my clients to do and my followers to do. I, I looked through them and I saw a pattern. And the pattern was that I was the, the, the single, uh, you know, kind of regular thing in the pattern. I realized that I was the problem. That, that the problem was with me. Um, I realized that I was attracting these men. And, and so I wanted to know what the problem was. Um, and the problem God revealed to me, and I, and I speak about it in my book, Position for I Do, was not that I wasn't a, a good person or a kind person or that I didn't love him or that he doesn't have love for me, but that I was not positioned right internally. That because my relationship with God was a mess, it was, um, it was uh, transactional. I'm a good girl. You do good things for me. It, it was based on, on, on transaction, not love and, and, and true understanding of his grace. And there was no real relationship. I couldn't, I didn't have a relationship with my heavenly father where that is love. If, if we don't get that, there is no other love that is so complete. So I needed to, to be loved and receive love. And, and, you know, sometimes we preach a lot about kind of uh, giving love in the church, but we don't realize there's, there's, there's a whole art form to receiving love and being open to love and that it takes a degree of vulnerability and trust um, to, to be open to a love that is God's and God's love doesn't always look perfect. Um, sometimes it challenges us and sometimes it feels like hurt and sometimes um, it seems brutal, but it's love anyway. And so, you know, then I realize as I, and my journey continues even till now, but I then realize, God, if I can help somebody, just one girl to not ever go through what I went through just because she didn't know, mm -hmm. you know, just because she didn't know, then that's what I'm going to do. So it was more like, I need to save somebody. I need to, because right. it was so painful. So then I started the YouTube channel and really I had zero expectations in terms of, I just thought if one person listens, I've done good. I wasn't anticipating that it would become this tribe of, of women. Um, so I, I, I recorded a few videos um, because I'd always been interested in the person people come to for relationship advice since I was a little girl. I was always insightful. I mean, you're easy to talk. <laughs> you have a great personality. You're easy to talk to. But one of the things oh. I love um, is, is how direct you can be, how candid you can be. Because sometimes we okay. want to tell people, just kind of what we think they want to hear to get them very candid with women. Appreciate that. Yes, because it's out of love. And I feel like they're just some things somebody's got to tell you and nobody was there to tell me. Um, I'd done my research and in the world's form, do whatever you like. I did that, didn't work. I'd done the churches kind of not in general, but what the church that I grew up in had told me and I didn't work. Yeah. So I just was going to be 100%. You know, I was going to speak about my relationship you know, for pause and, and, and really be honest and say, this is what it takes to, to win. And first 
twin your soul. Um, and so, um, you know, after that, I, I, after a few videos, I started getting emails from women in Dubai, Muslim women, and then, uh, women in, in Japan, <laughs> uh, women all over the world started to, to, to email me. Um, and they would tell me their stories and say, gosh, you're such an inspiration. And I think I probably had like 10 videos up at the time. And, you know, they would say, this is what I'm going through and this is what I'm feeling. And I realized that so many, it's such a taboo subject, relationships and, and sex. And it's something that we, we don't want to talk about a bit like money. We don't want to talk about money. You know? <laughs> we're more alike than we are different. I've always said that. Yeah. It's interesting. You mentioned people in, in Dubai and Japan, because yeah. I think that because people are from a different culture or they have different set of values or a different religion. Yeah. Um, when it comes down to it. We really all just want to be loved uh, and yes. love. And yes, love is that human condition that really doesn't need its own language. But no, you know, and I think yeah. that's why you exemplify that, and and people were drawn to you like a beacon. So these women started coming to you. Uh, 10, 10 videos. And, and what was your mindset now? Was it like, whoa, I'm onto something because I know you wanted to help just one person, but now you have people from all over the world coming to you, telling you their stories. So what was that starting to be like? To be honest, I was just the struggling single mom. That was where my head was at. I was just trying to pay the bills. You know, I was, um, I'd given up the option of using a man to help me along. So <laughs> I was, so, <laughs> I was so focused <laughs> on sort of making sure the bills were paid that, but when I saw the emails, I thought, oh gosh, good. I get to help somebody. I get to, you know, and the way requesting videos. So it became a kind of like a, a really great hobby and it was fulfilling, you know, um, it was really kind of, gosh, I'm really helping people. So I think that was all it was really it was more like, well done. At least my suffering wasn't in vain. I had zero intention of starting a business and zero intention of having a ministry out of it and zero intention of writing a book about it. So at that point, it was just, let me help these women. And some of the stories were really awful. And, but the good thing is because I'd been through all of it, most of it, I could help. And I, I could then see why God had allowed me to go through these things so that I could um, be tested in every way that women are tested, if okay, that makes so sense. Let me ask you a question about that, because <clears throat> this is interesting. So I'm a big believer in, we always think we know, and, and young people, this is not a knock on young people, but this is someone speaking, you know, I'm in my 40s from experiences. When you're young and you're 19, 20, even, you, know, you think you know. And you're like, because I'm yeah. experiencing it. I know what my emotions are telling me. I know what I feel. But what you're doing is you really don't know. Experience is the greatest teacher. You could read books and you could do this stuff, but you've been through it. So what you are now compared to what you were then is totally different because of one thing, real experience. There's nothing yes. like being told. You can watch movies. You can read books. You can hear philosophies. But until you actually live it and go through it and experience the pain and the emotion and, the, and all the things that go along with it, you really don't know. So we have to look in our culture as experience being a teacher. And that's why we look at Eastern cultures uh, and, and Asian cultures is they really revel people who have, uh, you know, been through it. They're, they're elders and stuff like that because of the wisdom that they gain. So yeah. here's your wisdom starting to gain some momentum. You're starting to see, wow, people need this. Uh, they yeah. like me. I'm good yeah. at this. And then start to give us some of your, uh, what you go into this next phase with, some of the philosophy that you have. I know we spoke the other day about this rule about kind of what Angelica said, that sometimes you look for the things that aren't there instead of appreciating the things that are there in your mate, right? Okay. We look for the yeah. things that are missing rather than appreciate the things that they have. I'm pretty sure that I, it was a sermon from T.D. Jakes and he touched on something like this before. And, uh, you know, I look at it this way. You have 80%, right? Maybe your husband's at 80% of yeah. 100% that essentially think that you're looking for. And all of a sudden you start being really hyper-focused on that 20% that he's missing. And so 20% in another person can become very attractive. Oh, yes. Like there's that 20% I've been missing. There's that I've been missing. And then there's a thanklessness that goes into currently have. Chase after the 20%, this is where extramarital you know, affairs come in or just people cheating and whatnot. And they get to they get with that 20% and it feels really good for a while until they realize that their 80% was a hell of a lot more than the 20% they have. 
I mean, it's really funny because this year, at the beginning of this year, God uh, started to send me married women clients because I'd initially just thought of working with single women, but then a lot of married women started to reach out to me. And interestingly enough, I was having the very same conversation with one of my clients yesterday. Um, she's giving me permission to talk about it, even though I won't mention her name, et cetera. But um, she's, she was actually on the verge of having an affair. And bless her, she's very open. <laughs> she sends me all her texts and she's very transparent with me. And I, I'm very grateful for clients who are like that. And um, I had to give her a bit of a wake-up call. Um, the, the thing that I found with, with uh, some married women, especially the ones that come to me, is when their marriages are difficult. Because guess what? Sometimes it gets difficult. Oh, God. You know, it doesn't mean we throw it away. <laughs> Sometimes it gets difficult. It wouldn't, because you're up, you're up in your level, right? You're, you're, you're going to a different level. So you're renegotiating your terms and conditions is what I call, I tell my clients, right? Um, but when that happens, people don't realize that this conflict is designed for us to understand each other a bit better as we both evolve. And then, you know, be at a higher level together. A lot of people interpret that as it's probably time for me to call it a day because we have a quitting culture, really. Um, And yeah, and, uh, you know, I had to, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Because sometimes I think it's the whole person. (laughs) Absolutely. Also because we get accustomed to our good place. You know, we, we take it for granted. We take him for granted. The guy who is mm. going out to work and whatever your scenario the is. The comfort zone. Yes. You know, he, he makes your life uh, work and, and he's there for the things that matter. So, you know, um, one of the things that I, that I teach single women and married women is understanding your core needs. Right. Because in reality, um, research has shown that you will only at the most get 52% of what you do what you want in a mate. That's if you're in a really good marriage. So 52% is really like you're winning at 52%, right? (laughs) And I believe that God designed it that way because God wants to be all. He says, I will supply all your needs according to my riches and glory, all emotional spiritual every need he wants to be the whole thing so he leaves a deficit purposefully so that we can come to him for everything right and so many of us are not content with what he has given freely so what i say to, to all of my clients married and single is what are your core needs what is it that you, what, what do you, does he meet those core needs that you have? Because beyond that, everything else is Christmas, you know? Um, and if those core needs are being met, um, then be grateful and realize that if you lose this, that you are sort of despising, you're going to lose a lot. And, and she was in tears. She was like, oh my God, thank you. Nobody's actually, I've not, I've not actually seen it that way because she was going to abandon her 80, if you like. For a 20 and I had to make it plain to her that Amen. that was a really bad idea so it happens a lot because um we we lose gratitude yeah and you know what I like about you um when I'm listening to you talk I like how you say sometimes it's this and you know you're, you're not you, you have the grace to realize that you know you're not putting people in a category like it's this way this way this way because so yeah. many want to preach and so many people want to say you should do this you need to do you're very soft about it. sometimes this is the way people feel sometimes this happens you have yeah. a great understanding. Back to the other point for, for our vulnerability, you know, when, this is going to be funny. When I first met Angelique, I mean, I, she checked off so many of the boxes, but there was this one thing, like, I really love music. And I like I liked hip-hop music, and I like to dance, <laughs> and I like Latin music, and I like to dance. And it's not that she didn't like it. She just wasn't as excited about it as I was. We actually argued about this when we were engaged, and she's like, okay, but it's not everything, you know? And now that I look back and I'm thinking, can you imagine if I would have ended up being with some girl who just liked to dance or just like hip hop, <laughs> but she was unfaithful, right? And here I yeah. am, well, hey, it's not <laughs> dancing once a month and we like it, but she cheats on me, you know, every week. <laughs> and so you exactly. said, hey, are we, are, we really, are we really worrying about the big things in life? If someone's faithful to you, if somebody's going to be there, yeah. sick, loves you, yeah. whether you gain a pounds or whether you yeah. gain, that's mm. important. 
not that they like the same football team or absolutely they, uh, like hip hop music. Again, that was a lesson I had to learn later in life that saying, geez, Dave, you were really stupid and naive in your 20s. And thank yeah. God you had a woman that was strong enough to say yeah. great. And wise enough. <laughs> God, you didn't throw me out because. <laughs> well, we have an expression here. I don't know if it, I don't know if you have it because it, it's kind of it's kind of an American football expression, and I'll mm. willingly admit to it. Is there's an expression we use when someone outkicks their coverage? It means they've they've gotten somebody that's much better than they deserve, and, and everybody knows that <laughs> outkick my coverage by a thousand yards. But I didn't deserve her, so that's an expression. I don't know if you've heard it before. Wow, wow, wow! We need more hobbies like you, David. Yeah, <laughs> and and to credit him, you know, there there's something that we talk about a lot too, and I think that you'll probably be able to to really expand on this as well, Changi is. Um, and I actually wrote a post I think yesterday about it, about looking to our men, and yeah. you know, I I look to my husband for a lead, I look to my husband for protection, I look to him for activity, I look to him for guidance, I look for praise, but in the case of the music, you know, the music <laughs> reference he made, there's going to be times where I can correct him as well. I can stand in my own authority with God. I stand in the, the power and the grace that he has given me. That, and I can be um, submissive to my husband of that without being yes. suppressed by him, without suppressing yes. the gifts that God gave me, without suppressing yes. the gifts that God has powerfully to And I yes. think that's the, the fine line oftentimes that is getting crossed in the rah-rah women's empowerment movements, which I love yes. the fact that there are women in lead. I love that, are women, <laughs> but if they're castrating their male counterparts in the process, somewhere <laughs> along the line, we've gone a little too far. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. And we have to be humble enough as men to realize that. Yeah, yeah. we're not the yeah. anymore. Um, this is not our grandparents' generation. Um, so we have to find balance. I think. Yeah, a pendulum always swings and looks for balance. And I think that's what we're bringing. So here you are, you're now you have the book out. Now you have the, the YouTube channel. We discovered you on Instagram. So you have a son, correct? I do. Yeah. So, and now, now you have this wonderful business too, that you realize that you could take your gifts that God yes. gave you. You could take the experience for good and bad that he put you through or that life put you through. And now you're turning it into a business. You're a mother. You are a mentor to so many. Yeah. What gets you really excited when you wake up now? Like when, when you wake up each morning, what's your jam? What, what do you wake up and say, this is what I live to do? Do you know what? I, was, I, w I woke up this morning and I was really grateful because I, I thought to myself, I don't actually feel like I ever have to work ever again right? Isn't that the, the greatest thing about being in your purpose? Yeah, yeah right? It's, it's, I feel like I've won the lottery because now I am walking in my purpose. Um, you know, my, my wins are with the marriages I save. It's a woman that's about to have an affair, has driven all the way to the hotel, and is just about to, who turns back. That's what I live for. You know, oh, wow. that's what I live for. <laughs> you know, um, uh, and and the the I'm so grateful that uh, that God sends the right people to me. Um, I I I'm so grateful for the marriages, the, the single women that are that are finding them, themselves and their voice, and um, yeah, and 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 the stuff that I that I am learning, and um, just back to to what you said, Angie, if, if that's okay, David. Um, you know, I've learned that men are good being corrected. You know, I, I, I think a lot of women are afraid to correct men, but I, I, I find men are good to be corrected. It's just that there's a way that we do it is the how part that we're not always clear about. Yeah. And there is a, a way that you, 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 you approach that, uh, that arena so that he always feels respected and honored. Um, you know, for instance, um, you know, asking for permission to address a situation, um, you know, <laughs> now that sounds. In my, in my course, when we, when we do public speaking, yeah. I, I pick up a lady named Lisa Nichols because it was, you would talk and she would yeah. always praise you first, right? Yeah. With a compliment. And then do I have your permission to give you some constructive criticism? And you yeah. say, yes. I think what that does is it, it opens the door. If somebody agrees to it. And then you always start with a compliment. 
And what we're seeing is, is, is communication is so important. And again, I buy you're so successful is because you just have a way of communicating that it's, it speaks to a heavenly uh, gift that you have. And it Ooh. also speaks to your heart. You know, you can't fake these things. And we know people no. try to do it. We've seen the talk shows where people try and, and fake it. And they come, and I think yeah. that's why you're so good. And I think that's why we were initially drawn to you is because you have a sincerity about you that you can't. Thank you. That and she has an incredible accent. And it's really easy. Well, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us yeah. about the, uh, what you were talking about. If, I think this is an important topic. Uh, when you're talking about looking for that person and, and women especially is talking about being pursued and in your thoughts on, you know, pursuing. And it kind of led to what you said yesterday in your, uh, in your Instagram story. Oh, you like that one, don't you, David? <laughs> Again, this is all to do with my whole uh, philosophy around relationships um, and re really uh, around life uh, in, in general, and that is to do with your position. So we were talking about men chasing you, and that kind of implies that you've got to be running away somewhere. So, you know, <laughs> so if I like you, I better run so you can chase me. And then we end up playing games. Uh, so I mean, again, I talk about it in my book, the games we play. And those are what gets us into a lot of trouble. So um, really what I was talking about being pursued is about divine order and coming back to divine alignment. You see, the way God created a woman was that she was a prize. So you see, the Bible says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So God is saying, listen, you find a, a wife, not just a woman, a certain quality woman, you know, you find a good thing, right? It's a good thing. And then God will give you favor, right? That's like saying, you know, a woman is a prize. And so God put the woman in the role of the selector, right? Um, one who is pursued and one who chooses to select. Now, that is not the reality that a lot of women are facing because like me, they had, you, they, I had zero self-esteem. My value was in the things I had, the things I did, the things I achieved, and not in who God said that I am right? And so when a woman begins to understand that she is the prize, then A, she needs to ascend to the ideal of God as a prize, right? She has to be um, the lady. She's got to be wise. She's got to be gentle and, 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 and like Angelique, right? Strong, but submissive, right? Able to speak to her man and to his masculinity and, and not be wild and not be, and, and be sexy, but not slutty. She's got to conduct herself in such a way that a man wants to pursue. And, and, and the, the connotation of pursuit is something, you know, we pursue our dreams, we pursue our careers. It means this is something that is of, of high value and I will take steps in order to get it. These are the steps I need to take to get it. And so um, a woman must, you know, stand in her elevator position and and let uh, you know the man who sees her value because not everyone will see her value sort of do the work to earn um her to pursue her respect to pursue um her honor to pursue her time and attention and that has to do with her being very conscious of her value and unfortunately um women have lost married and single have lost their value in terms of god's ordained order um so let me ask you a question this because now you know i always ask so is it the, what came first the chicken or the egg so did 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 men when i see things on tv when i see things on instagram and i see someone who's got you know three hundred and fifty thousand followers and i look at her page and it's basically all shots of her butt and I'm thinking, okay, and, and, but I'm sure this woman, I heard a preacher, and this is a great story. A preacher said, if ladies, if you're out there and you are just showing shots of your rear end, do you know when, when God created sex, he created it as an emotional experience to be face to face, correct? Yeah. Face to face. That's how, that's how love yeah. making is to be. Absolutely. So yeah. When you are showing pictures of your rear end implies a different type of intercourse that the man is looking for anything but face to face yeah. it, it's dominant and it's 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 not love making it is sexually yeah. dominant so what we're doing is so you want the attention so we're going to show that picture i call upon the men too and i say look if you see those accounts don't follow them don't mm. 
credence because they're women are doing it because you're giving them attention. You're doing it for the wrong reasons. So I think it's incumbent upon both sexes that if we want to change the world and we want to put it in a perspective that is back to real love and real marriage, then women, you have to stop doing those things and men, you have to stop you have to stop giving them credence. Well, you've mentioned divine order, which is something um, I've, I've, I'm obsessed with talking about. I'm obsessed with seeing through, and all the four hallways, I always look at, well, if we want to create something, what's divine order? Tell it. And um, talking about what David's mentioning here and, and which came first, chicken or the egg. And I know what he's talking about is like, where did we go wrong? Like, was it the women putting themselves out in the wrong manner or was it the men asking for it? And regardless of what it is, back to divine order, if we want to have, more fruitful, multiplied businesses, health, relationships, bodies. Like we've got to look back and say, okay, what is divine order? Tell us. And you just said it beautifully with positioning. Adam was a whole man formed in the likeness of God. And he said, God goes, he put him to sleep. He didn't ask for his opinion. Say, I want her to have 36, 24, 36. And so he could not disrupt the process. No. And he created a prize. What's beautiful about that is when he woke, he said, bone of my bone, flesh of my car. And the relationship was created for be fruitful and multiply and to create and subdue and have the world that as the gift that we were supposed to, to take care of in paradise. But, you know, going back to positioning and pursuit, where we've sometimes tripped up is when women start chasing the man, God, positioning herself in her value and for him to pursue her for the right reasons because she has lost heart of the Lord. She's not lost in the heart of the world, you know, chasing after the stuff or the body or the finances. Like that's that's, temporary. temporary. There's so much value in the time. So tell with positioning for I do and um, and what you're coaching these women on and, and how this business has become so fruitful for you, like just kind of share with us with positioning. Okay. That kind of picking up where you left off because that's a very intriguing part of the story. Great. Okay. So uh, a little bit back to what David was asking. Um, perhaps this will answer it for you a little bit uh, and also to do with positioning we have to understand that men are the emotional gatekeepers and women are the sexual gatekeepers, right? So a man cannot have sex with a woman unless she says yes, right? And a woman has to wait for the man to dictate the emotional pace. So if he doesn't ask her to marry him, they're not going to get married, okay? So he um, has been given charge to be the emotional gatekeeper and the woman is the sexual gatekeeper. So we, we as women are custodians of the culture when it comes to sex, right? Now, when men are biologically wired and intrinsically, and it's not a bad thing to be drawn to the female form, um, God meant that mm-hmm. on purpose, <laughs> but it has been perverted, and when culture shifted was the whole move, feminist movement that you touched on and that has completely destroyed the fabric of society because what it did is feminism, which is something that I am anti, so sorry, anybody listening, but um, what it did is <laughs> it, it, it said um, a woman can only be awesome, great, amazing at the cost of a man. Right. And so it said for a woman to be great and amazing, she has to be as a man. So let's all have sex like men, but we're not biologically wired to have sex like men because we have oxytocin and we bond to men. So men don't necessarily bond as sex. So this created this uh, uh, culture that we're now obviously dealing with and, and that is broken down And that's why so much singleness is around because ultimately men are masculine and their masculine energy seeks to pursue. Um, And when a woman does the pursuing, she's acting in masculine energy and she's acting in that masculine space and she is not being fulfilled and being cherished because a woman's, uh, the feminine desires to be cherished and the masculine desires to be respected. So what has happened is we need to, um, what I feel like my job on the earth uh, as, 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 as my voice grows and, and God does what he does is to restore woman into her power. Mm. Right. And that's what I talk about again in my book is your power is in your feminine. Your power is in allowing the man to pursue you 
you know, your, your power is not being as a man, it's being woman in, in, in all of its glory. And when we emasculate men as we're doing, Angie, and, and this is massive, and, 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 you know, I have a son, uh, and so I, I, I feel the heart of men. I, I actually love men. I've got a post on my Instagram. I actually love men, and that's why I do what I do, despite my disappointments in the past. I actually love men. Um, and I feel that, um, you know, my work, though I work with women, I ask God, why are you asking me to work with women? Because men reach out to me as well and I do help them. And people have asked me to work with men. Um, the Lord said to me, it's because you women shift culture, yeah. right? When women decide to have sex like men, they shifted culture yeah. randomly, wow. massively, wow. Wow. right? Wow. Yeah. So if we my can... My mind is so blown right now. <laughs> it's just... What God is doing with you is just unbelievably yeah. profound. He's giving you a thousand golden mics that you've dropped on. You us. have, and <laughs> just like you just said, shifting in culture. Uh, yeah. Oh my! I don't even. There were so many things you just said, and I could go on and on. But I, I'm just gonna let you talk because I love you. <laughs> unbelievably blown away. Right now. Me too. Oh wow! Thank God! Praise God! Mm. So when you touch, I, I feel that when I, if I change one woman's life and one woman's perspective and bring her into her feminine, I touch ten men's lives. That's right. right? That's what I was going to say. I was like, what yeah, what <laughs> transforms the men. Yeah, it does because men will do what it takes to get the woman that they want. That's how they are wired, right? I set the standard. I set the bar, and the man will do it because. It's his pride. It's masculine pride to have a goal. Remember, they're, they're natural hunters and, yes. and the prey moves fast and it, it's, it's, it's pride for them. We're giving them what they need when we give them a chance to pursue us. It's what they need. Now they will try and tell you they want you to approach them and they want da da da, da But really, <laughs> you know, what they need and what they appreciate and what they ultimately marry, commit to is the woman that set that standard and set that bar. So when women say, actually, to be with me, this is our basic level standard. Yeah. And men as a consciousness will rise to it, right? When women start to cover up, mm -hmm right? Men will rise to it. Yeah. When it's when women decided, no, we're just going to leave our homes and start shagging. Right. Sorry. Right. That's an English phase. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Men were like, good, let's do that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They just <laughs> come into <laughs> agreement. If we look at yeah. letters, like I always look, look at the, the stories of the war, the soldiers back in like world war one and two, that they wrote the love letters back home to their, to their girlfriends and wives, you know, there was such a poetic theme. Yeah. And I think, you know, what were the soldiers writing? What would they write now? Not just soldiers, but men. What would they write now? Hey, girl, saw that booty <laughs> shot yesterday. I love it. I can't wait. I can't wait to get yeah. with you. Whereas yeah. you know, just two <laughs> generations ago, you know, yeah. I, I, I long to be in your arms again and uh, yeah. my heart beats for you. I mean, look, I, I know culture evolves a little bit, but yeah. ladies, do you really want that? I don't think you do. I think no. that you're really just trying so hard, like Changi says, to get the men that you're giving up your, your divineness that God bestowed yeah. upon you. And men, I call upon you. I mean, look, I've made love and I've had sex. And I'll tell you <laughs> what, making love wins every single time. Men, as soon as we stop being Neanderthals and stop thinking that we need to be so macho and start being real men, you know, real men. A real man yeah. loves and respects a woman. A real yeah. man doesn't run through them. And I don't want to be hypocritical because I've run through some when I was in a bad stage in my life before I really knew God, you know, and, and maybe some people need to do that. I'm not going to condone yeah. it, but maybe you need to do that before you realize what it's like to have a real woman who loves God and that will put you in your place in a respect. Yeah. Well, there's a wilderness to that, you know, and so much refinement comes out of that wilderness. The issue is, is there's two different places of wilderness. There's wilderness that you, God puts you in on purpose and there's wilderness that he lets you run to on purpose. Yeah. And, and no matter what, he, he's going to create something beautiful out of it. Render. And that's yeah. exactly what he's done with you. I mean, yeah. holy schmoly, I'm sitting here. I wow. mean, just shifted something in me yeah. uh, because I have such a heart for, for women. It's why I went into fitness. I, after I spent 10 years in a karate uniform covered up from head to toe, that when I was staring at, you know, oxygen magazines and fitness magazines, and I was going, I'm so confused yeah. right now. These women have these incredible bodies. They've worked their tails off to get them. They have mm. empowered the female form and they have their 
butt in the air. Still a fat burner. Are we doing wrong? Well, girl, you can talk about it, but no one's going to listen until you put on a bikini and heels and do it yourself. <laughs> so, like I got yeah. in that wilderness. And sometimes it's voluntary and sometimes it's involuntary, yeah. but we end up yeah. there. No matter what. Well, as <laughs> you're saying that I'm looking out the window and we do this podcast at our house and there's our little three-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. We have two daughters and I'm thinking to myself, yeah. you know, cause I worry about this, men, I'm going to ask you a question. If you have daughters, <laughs> I know you're worried about who is going to be their role model. Yeah. It better not be Miley Cyrus. It better <laughs> be some of these people out there that, you know, I want Chengy. I want Angelique. I want, I want my girls to have somebody to look up to that I know is going to pour into them and not cheapen them. No doubt. So yeah. God bless you, Changi. God bless yeah. you, Angelique. I know, you know, I, I bless you every day, but, uh, but this is something that's so important. So we have a couple more minutes. I want to, yeah. I want to hear what, if you have another thought maybe, um, because I know we want to, we're going to have you back on. There's just not enough to get to all in this, in this one hour. This, oh. like, you're like a real right. guest. I can see that. Um, but what, what are, what's on your heart right now? If there's something that we, maybe we haven't touched on or another part that you just want to give us five more minutes on um, that you think is either coming up in your life and your teaching or in the future or something that you see that people can benefit from. Well, she from. loves business. So maybe, you know, <laughs> I don't want to put any words in your mouth. But. <laughs> I do. I do. I, I do love business. Um, and I thank God that I get to do it in the environment that, um, that, that's authentic uh, for me. Um, so I'm very grateful about that. Um, I just wanted to say, um, sort of back to what you were saying about your little girls, um, they're very fortunate to have a good father. It, 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 all of it and a lot of what's going on in, in you know, especially the millennial generation and, and, and even mine, to be fair, um, the breakdown of family, mm. um, again, the disaster from the whole feminism movement and the whole whatever um, is the the Miley Cyruses and the and the Britney Spears or whatever whoever is taking their clothes off at the moment, <laughs> uh, <laughs> whoever they are, the Beyonces, um, will never have more influence than the mother and the father. And because our mothers and fathers are out uh, trying to make money or, or doing whatever they're doing or falling apart because their relationships are not working, mm-hmm. uh, we are leaving our daughters with no guidance. Mm-hmm. Um, and our sons for that matter. So I believe that, um, you know, God had, you know, I, I work with a lot of these girls that have their booty out too, um, uh, which is part of uh, um, a CIO I'm setting up this year, uh, a charity for, uh, for women, uh, because not everybody can afford my services. And I understand that, but I, I don't want that to limit anyone. So um, I do work with women who, have it all out all the time. Uh, you know, I thank God that I can deal with every sort of woman. And in my conversations with these women, they have got the most beautiful hearts. Um, they want to be loved and cherished. They genuinely, genuinely don't know how to get to that point, except it's cheaper, quicker, and easier to just take their clothes off. So really what needs uh, to happen is in the absence of mothers and the absence of fathers is mentors. Um, You know, we all need to take on that role and not be afraid to be a mentor to, to, to women who, because their hearts are in the right place. That's the sad thing. The, the girl with, um, I have them, they follow me on Instagram. They send me pictures that got their booty out, their boobs out, everything out. And, and when they speak to me, their heart is exactly this. They want to get married. They want to have babies. They want to be, they just, they're, they're normal girls. That's another but, thing about you. Cause some people wouldn't see yeah. you. And even me, I need, I need, I need to be less judgmental because, and, and I tend to judge. I'm going to be honest. And, and we all do. like you to not hold that against them and to see that and say, these people just want to be loved and maybe a different perspective. Again, yeah. that's why you went through all that. That's Amen. Incredible. That's incredible. What you just shared is so incredible. Yeah. And, I, and it's a wake up call, you know, and David, we talk about that all the time. Um, but Having someone that, this is why I'm so passionate about people working in their gifts, because God is utilizing your mouthpiece, mm-hmm. your gifts, Amen. to be his, his hands and his feet here. And through your gifts, you're yeah. creating that shift in culture. But because you're uncovering something that most people aren't willing to ask, they're just going to yeah. throw arrows at. You're willing to ask the right questions, given you the right and authority to ask the right. Uncovering the truth. Truth is what we're all seeking. 
Yeah. Friend is what comes up in the search problem. Culturally, yes. Yes. it's the hashtags, it's trends, it's yeah. what's popular. Yeah. Truth is all we really truly need. 100%. And what you're doing is bringing people to it. And that Amen. is, I mean, I am so excited for this episode. <laughs> I feel like it's going to change <laughs> Mothers listening, fathers listening, single women listening, single men listening. I know yeah. they're going to be going, wow. Like, I knew, I knew from, the, from the first yeah. 30 seconds I started hearing her, I, I knew that people were going to, okay, let me, let me stop what I'm doing. Let me, let me really yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. The reason you have the 8,000 people subscribe to your, you know, YouTube channel and growing, there's a reason your book is, is selling. There's a reason you have women from Dubai and Japan, you know, what God can do with those seemingly small numbers comparing yes. to the million followers that someone with yeah. a TNA show is having. Yeah. The it's a impact pebble, it's a is different. in the water that creates the ripple effect. Like she said, that's Amen. Yeah. she's, She's one of God's pebbles and, and she's creating huge ripples effect. The she, generational type of ripple. Generational. Generational. Yeah. Amen. She, like true legacy shifting. Um, Thank you. In those numbers, what God is Glory doing God. versus the, mm. you know, th- that's the, you know, again, culturally we're like, we measure, well, this person has so many followers. If I could latch onto their coattails. Yeah. They could take me <laughs> yeah. into the next dimension of my business or the, of my relationships and yes. if I just do what she's doing yes. I'll get the followers the likes of and therefore being yeah. on horse with the the flying colors that's not happening there it's a yeah. false false sense it is truth it is and it's it like is. like you and I always say perversion right it's that's divine order and we get things flipped on its head what did you change the world in 60 minutes Absolutely. It's a patience game. It's a generational game. You know, I, I, I'm in it for the long haul. I think you can't really think of shifting culture in a few minutes. Being an overnight success is not what I'm here to do. You know, every time I pray, I always say, Lord, I'm here to do your will and to finish it. Right. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, I must say like Paul, I am done. I have finished. I have run the race, right? And we know that this is not a sprint. I think you said that on one of your podcasts, um, Angie. Um, we're not here to sprint. You know, I've been tempted to do the numbers, the numbers thing, and, and sell my soul. I think I put it on Instagram on one of my posts. And at that point, I had a New York editor who wanted me to to do a big old thing, and she was going to introduce me to everyone who was anybody. And oh my God, I was going to be an overnight celebrity. And the Holy Spirit said to me, "This is not what I'm doing." right? This is not what I'm doing with you. And so he has taught me to be patient because when you build, the Bible says, be careful how you build. See, I want to lay foundations for the generations, right? I'm not trying to make make a name for myself. I'm trying to do something for our children, their children and their children. And I have to lay these foundations and you have to be careful and, and deliberate and precise when you lay them down, because I truly believe that, you know, you, you guys, me and everybody else who has been called to this work will shift culture. It may seem impossible, but it is absolutely possible that we can shift culture in preparation for his return. Amen. Wow. Amen. You know, I I pray for a covering over you. I pray for a blessing on your life. I pray for more ears to fall on your, on your YouTube channel and for, I pray for more people to, uh, to open up their hearts and to find you somewhere. in this amazing digital world we live in where you can go um, at anywhere, continue to have God's blessing over your life because you are doing amazing, amazing things. Thank you so much. I knew you before. Thank you so much. I've, I've heard you before. And, you know, we're, we're pretty serious now. I, you have a very, uh, a very charming, uh, kind of funny, quirky side to you. People <laughs> Your IG stories and your, and your things, they're going to they're gonna love you for so many different reasons. But Oh, bless you. It's just been, it's been so entertaining. It's been so profound. Oh, it was an honor. There's so many words I can think of right now. I just can't think of the right one, but I just want to thank you. It's always an honor, always an honor to, to be with you too. You're just amazing. You're my godsend. Love you to bits and pieces. And <laughs> we always talk about the overuse of technology, but look what God did in the internet by introducing Hello. To us and now <laughs> on the airwaves of iTunes and Spotify. Yeah. 
And and what we uh, we've talked about, we're gonna do an event. We're gonna we are. To the I, this is a, as a matter of fact, we've been talking about this for a while, um, back and forth. So if you guys are listening and you're like, this girl's the jam, and I can watch her, but I want to see her in person. That's coming. Yeah. She's coming. <laughs> oh yeah. That's oh coming. yeah. Turn <laughs> on event and her and um, that's great podcast. And if and if this has resonated and and struck a chord with you. Um, we would love if you shared it with someone and um, and if you haven't yet subscribed, we'd love if you subscribe because we're bringing more people just like Chengi and leave a review. Let her know how much this um, this meant on uh, this meant to you uh, meant this meant to you. On, as a matter of fact, what, what we'll do is the first 25 people who leave a review on mm-hmm. this podcast mentioning Chengi, we'll we'll give them a copy of her book. We'll we'll gift them Yay. a copy of your book. Yes. Oh, yes. First, that's lovely. Get yourself a book. Review. We will gift you position for I do. Yeah. Do a do a hashtag Changi C H E N G I so we know that you're listening. And the first twenty five people to do a hashtag Changi will get a free copy of Position for I Do. Yay! <laughs> love it. Love it. Thank you so much. Well, from across the pond, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for serving us and our listeners today. You are a gift and God is doing incredible things with you. Thank you so thank much. Thank you for being here, Changi. We thank love you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Take care, guys.